0: He was an empathetic man. He valued character over pedigree. And he was no cynic. He looked for the good in each person, and he usually found it.
1: In a very solemn and moving ceremony Wednesday, the nation said goodbye to the 41st President of the United States, George Herbert Walker Bush. He was remembered as a respected public servant, a good friend, and a loving husband and father, and reminded many of perhaps a more civil time in U.S. politics. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg News Washington Bureau Chief Craig Gordon. Thanks for joining us, Craig. Sure thing. So how would you describe today's service?
0: Look, I think it was a, a wonderful telling of a very American story. Um, you know, people obviously know George H.W. Bush as the president, but then you're sort of reminded watching the ceremony today, historian John Meacham telling him, how, telling us how he had to bail out of his bomber over the Pacific and, you know, a parachute down, uh, packing up his little family and moving to Odessa, Texas, and all these things. These are just very American things, that impulse to go west and find your fortune. Now, George H.W. Bush was a very rich man, so I guess he had already found his fortune in one way, but just that sort of Sense of an American life, extremely well lived. People who obviously knew him very well, telling very warm, you know, remembrances. And again, I mean, as as these things go, I, I say it's almost a textbook version of how to do it. True, you know, true friends, telling true remembrances, a few laughs, a few tears, and uh, and a really really nice uh, ceremony.
1: Yeah, it really was a story. I felt like uh, the eulogies were almost like chapters in a book of his life. One from an onlooker, the biographer, John Meacham, like you said, one from a professional peer, the former prime minister of Canada, one from a good friend, Alan Simpson, and then of course, one from a child, uh, President George W. Bush. Between all those eulogies, what was the one constant theme about his life and and things that uh, these people said about him that really resonated?
0: Yeah, I think the word you're looking for there is service. Um, I mean, again, he this is a man who could have, with his family wealth, just gone off to Yale and and had a very nice career in business, and we have never heard his name. But uh, you know, left uh, left his life to to actually join the military around World War II, and then obviously job after job after job, CIA director, ambassador to China, briefly in the House, and then of course vice president and president. So he is really a man who gave his life over to the American people. Um, in service to the American people. And that's a choice he made. And, um, you know, that I think is a story that runs through all of the chapters, as you say, all the chapters in the book that were laid out in front of us. Um, also, you know, humanity and humility are two words that come to mind. Obviously, you're the president of the United States. Whenever you are that person, you're a, a figure out of the history books. You're the most famous person on the planet in some in some eras. Um, and yet he seemed like a, a person who um, really did have a, a real streak of humanity that ran through him, good friends, close friends, uh, the, all of that stuff. So, you know, I think any of us would love to have be able to have our life told in the way it was today and have as many amazing high points as he as he did along the way, and a few low points, obviously losing to uh, Bill Clinton in 92 and stuff. But uh, that, as I say, a life well lived and, uh, and a story that reminds us that there were, at one time, people who, who sort of lived that life. That seems like a harder and harder thing to see in American life, and American politics these days you know he had a resume a platinum resume to come to the job of of president Uh, Barack Obama was in the Senate for four years Uh, Donald Trump obviously ran a a real estate empire but had never held elective office so we may have seen the last of those Giants who had that sort of you know touched every box national service military service foreign service political Mm -hmm. service um, that ends up in that uh, in that chair in the Oval Office
1: Craig, was there one anecdote or maybe one line from one of the speakers that really struck you?
0: I mean, I I had the great fortune to cover George W. Bush's presidential campaign in 2000's first job I had when I sort of came to Washington. Um, and I don't want to pretend I got to know George Bush, you know, on a personal level. But when you see him talk about his father um, and, and the adoration that he had for the man, um, it's it's hard not to, to get a little choked up as a father myself, um, you know. George H. W. Bush was George W. Bush's hero, um, and that's pretty clear. That came through in the eulogy, along with some pretty funny stories about fast boats and uh, and Barbara Bush, uh, the, you know, the, his mother and his wife. Um, obviously, a lot of people it is remarked upon quite a lot these days. George W. Bush's presidency. Ended with the Iraq War and the sort of the country turning against that. He has been largely rehabilitated as people have looked back on him mm-hmm. as again a, a very decent man and a very decent public servant. But um I think that, to me, that is that connection is what came through. And remember the history there. So George W. H. W. Bush, which we never had to say George H. W. Bush. He was just George. W, he was just George Bush until W. Bush came along. We had forty-one and forty-three. George H.W. Bush, you know, fought the Iraq war. A lot of people think it ended very inconclusively uh, as they left Saddam Hussein in power. George W. Bush had to come along and essentially essentially clean that up a little bit. And again, we can debate whether that was the right war at the right time, but you know, one the father started it and the son finished it in one way. In a lot of ways I think George W. Bush had the political charisma in a way that his father didn't. And for all of George H.W. Bush's qualities, George W. Bush is a terrific politician. He was a Texan. H.W. Bush never was thought of as a Texan. He was always kind of a guy from Connecticut who moved to Texas. George W. Bush became the president because people saw that, again, that sort of prairie spirit, that kind of independent spirit, that Texas kind of bigger-than-life kind of spirit in him. And I feel like in some way that was George – W. Bush is kind of how he repaid his debt to his father. He sort of finished parts of his presidency. He brought the family name forward into the next you know, term into, into the White House and obviously to have a father and a son both as president. It's remarkable and I know we're not a country that has a, has kings and queens and a royal line, but boy, that family dynasty, again, whatever you might think of their politics or the positions they took, that is, that is an amazing achievement to have a father and a son be the president and maybe they could have had a second son and Jeb Bush be the president, uh, obviously that didn't happen, but you know, it's a remarkable story and I think you saw the humanity and the love that uh, George W. Bush had for his father on that podium today. Through our tears, let us know the blessings of knowing and loving you, a great and noble man, the best father a son or daughter could have. <laughs> and in our grief, let us smile knowing that dad is hugging Robin and holding mom's hand again.
1: What you also saw in the room, Craig, was uh, the fact that this today was the first time all the presidents in office, our former presidents, were in the same room since the inauguration. What's the significance of that, of the President's Club?
0: Yeah, it's interesting to me. And again, you're talking to a White House buff. My my dream as a child literally was to cover the White House someday. Um, and I, I've been able to fulfill that dream and I'm a lucky man that way. So I have this this has great meaning for me. And I've thought actually a lot about this. Um, one of the Bob Woodward books that he put all the presidents, one of those pictures, I think it might have been Nixon's funeral, uh, on the cover. And it's, it's always a very powerful image. It's sort of, I think of it as like a living Mount Rushmore. Now, these guys aren't going to get on Mount Rushmore. That, that place is full. But I do think, think there is something in the like again in the american spirit we it was only 200 and some years ago we actually were under a king and so while we threw that off and we don't want royalty and we don't look to our leaders to be royal and royal royalist i don't know i do think there's a sense of like there is a, almost like a history in that room mm-hmm. that we share as a country and again you might disagree with some of those people you might have voted for maybe you didn't but it almost doesn't matter on a day like today they are the people that were chosen to be the leaders of this country and when they all come together you have a sense of like There's a moment in in history, like history, all the strands of history sort of collide for for an hour and a half in in the front pew at the National Cathedral. And I just think for a lot of Americans, it's it's a reminder, again, at different points, maybe you voted for that person or you didn't, but all the shared points in the history that bring us to a day like this. um, And I think that's just a very, very powerful moment
1: how would you describe George HW Bush's relationships with the presidents?
0: I mean we know that uh, you know Clinton uh, and HW became pretty good friends even though it was Clinton who knocked him out of office um, I think that's been a, a fun thing again for a lot of Americans to see there is for as much as we are in a moment of intense partisanship and hyper partisanship I would even say Americans still do have a little bit of a flame that burns for the idea that we can all sort of sometimes link our arms and sort of do what's right for the country, not so much what's right for the party. And I think that friendship between HW and Clinton was, was sort of a part of that much as Clinton and W. Bush again went on to become, went on to become pretty good friends. And I, again, I think that just really speaks to something in the American spirit where we want to imagine our leaders sometimes rise above the partisanship and do, just do what's right for the country, even if it's maybe not the right thing for their party. Look, we have not raised the name of Donald J. Trump here yet today, and you can't really have a conversation about presidents. Yeah. without talking about him i you know i when when the when they announced Bush had died um, and obviously we had sort of all known it was coming over some time he'd had a few scares it wasn't you know it wasn't a shocking piece of news in the sense we had a feeling it was sort of inevitable you know sooner than later the i, I literally i remember sending an email to some people on my staff saying here we go we're gonna have 1 million stories about how Donald j trump is nothing like Bush and Bush was a simpler time and a decent man when you could be a decent man in the White House and all that stuff. I, I'm tired of that conversation, but you can't ignore it. I mean, Trump is obviously acting in a very different way um, than H.W. Bush carried out the job. Trump is also of a different era. I, I've sometimes thought a few. i thought a few times this week the famous supermarket scanner story where Bush got in trouble or sort of thought of yeah, being but- out of touch because he couldn't really operate the scanner. He didn't understand it. We now know that it was a super high-tech scanner that had never been in any supermarket yet. It was like two generations down the road, and he was genuinely confused by it like any of us would have been because, it, you know, it was it's just not something that was seen yet in supermarkets. All of that is was lost in the moment. The New York Times wrote the story that said George S. B. Bush doesn't know what a supermarket scanner is. I'm struck by if that moment happened today, there would be 1,000 tweets <laughs> from the moment <laughs> in the at the trade show or whatever it was where people would be like uh, no dummies it was actually a, like a high-tech scanner and you know honestly it was kind of an honest mistake um so trump operates as president in a very different media environment and in a very again hyper like social media environment as we are speaking here on TikTok, um in a way that george hw bush didn't and I, I you know i'm not saying the the media environment we're in now brings us inevitably to a donald j trump But, you know, there is these are two very different men, both both holding the office. And you can draw your contrast on where you are. Trump has obviously made a whole career and got into the White House with social media. It essentially didn't exist when H.W. Bush was the president. That's a pretty big difference
1: for someone who knows Washington like you do. And for someone who's wanted to cover Washington, as we've learned today, for as long as you did, does it today give you hope that there is possible civility left to be found in politics?
0: you're not going to like my answer, because I, I hate to, and I even hate to say it out loud, but I, I, I would be lying if I said it did. Um, it is hard to overstate how deep the partisanship is now, how uh, punishing politics is right now, and how far apart these two parties are in American life right now. I've had People comment to me, you know, it's not it's not merely like it might have been back when Bush was president. Um, well, you have your view of the tax increase, and I have my view of the tax increase. But we can all agree at the end of the day that, you know, we just have a difference of opinion. And we move forward. Now people challenge each other's facts. People challenge each other's integrity. People challenge each other's, you know, almost like legitimacy to hold a you know hold a position or a political position. It's not just that I disagree with you; it's that you're wrong. And if you're wrong, that means you're actually sort of evil. And I think that. That is very toxic and a very, very bad place we've gone in politics. Part of the reason we've gone there is because it works. You can get elected in this country by tearing down your opponent. We we've seen it we saw it in twenty sixteen, frankly, with Hillary Clinton. We saw it a lot in the midterms. Some races were run on, on the high ground, most were run on the low ground, and that's kind of where politics is right now. So as much as we all can take a break from it and have a respite from it and watching this, the majesty and sort of the, the ceremony that we just we just witnessed, I'm not sure that people walk out of that church and suddenly we're back to a politics of 30 years ago where people still fought over the bill inside the chamber in the house and then went out for a beer together. That, 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 that may be dead. I hope it's not dead forever. It is dead for this current moment, um, and it's going to be a long time before we get
1: it back. Craig, thank you very much. Of course. Make sure you follow Craig on Twitter. He's at d.craig.gordon. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at davidfmyers, and you can get all your updates 24 seven at TikTok.